0: Good evening, and welcome to a championship edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob?
1: Hey, what's going on?
0: Hopefully, everybody is doing great. Um, We're a little fired up. We just uh, recorded a really cool interview with uh, former Duke's superstar Delvin Joyce that you're going to hear in a little bit. Uh, But we wanted to welcome everybody in for Frisco Week. It is time. Um, Thank you to everybody online who uh, answered the call to... Actually, they went above and beyond um, what I would have even hoped for, Rob, in terms of Reengaging with the Bison fans already this week. Yes, so, like, it's definitely game week all of a sudden. Yes. Yeah, and you're right, we definitely blocked a few people last time.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I don't think I don't think we ever blocked anybody. We, you muted the hell out of people. Muted people, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, because we're, yeah, we're getting, yeah. We're getting, this message is not available. I'm like, what? So those what? People right. send this, I'm like, oh, and then you click on it, and you're like, oh, that guy. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that guy I got to you. mute. <laughs> yeah. So welcome,
0: everybody, into Frisco Week. Uh, really exciting time to be Dukes. Uh, we are brought to you, as always, by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the tap room anytime and pick up some cold Pale Fire. And, of course, you can get your free pint glass by mentioning the podcast. Uh, just go in there and tell them you listen to the podcast and you'll get a free Pale Fire pint glass. Um, Rob, I did see – and we're also brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, mm-hmm. You can go by the fly shop anytime and get a free sticker from Mossy Creek or set up your spring trips uh, with the boys down there. Uh, but I thought that was pretty cool that Pale Fire is actually having kind of a fishing cruise yeah. and books thing. Yeah, so I thought we'd get cool. that out there today. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's coming up uh, next week. So take a look at Pale Fire's schedule um, for upcoming events. They're having a little book talk with, with a fishing book that looks pretty cool. So, um, Rob, I don't want to talk about much else tonight. I certainly don't have anything at all to say about men's basketball. Um, there, it's, I don't think it's worth taking the time this week unless no, you do. No, no right. just,
1: I mean, yeah. I'd rather we dedicate that time to somebody practicing free throws. Yes, yeah. So
0: that's about it uh, during championship week. Um, maybe we'll come back. We'll circle the wagons in a couple of weeks. Uh, oh, shout out to
1: the ladies, yeah. The, yeah, over, basketball over on the other Good man. William & Mary team.
0: Yes, um, did a number on William and & Mary and then beat Elon, one of their sort of recent CAA year nemesis, Elon over the weekend. So they are cruising right along um, with only losses to Maryland and Virginia. And hopefully I I did see coach O'Regan a little bit in the press conference today, uh, mentioning just that they are definitely getting everybody's best shot this year and expecting it in the league. Um, So it's, it's a real challenge for them to sort of meet the emotion night after night. Um, But so far so good. And hopefully they can keep rolling. Uh, They have a couple of games this weekend. We will definitely be paying attention to those while we're, traveling or getting ready to watch the game. or doing our different things this weekend. So I don't have a ton else, Rob, um, outside of that. But thank you to everybody who's joining us. You can rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. If you subscribe, you don't even have to listen every week. Just mash that play button and then get rid of it if you're tired of us. <laughs> yeah. But it's been a great couple of weeks, and we really do appreciate some of the feedback we've gotten. Um, I met another guy last weekend that just was like, oh, what? <laughs> he was like, I love that thing. So – it was really cool.
1: My, my kids it. were trying to explain to my wife that people actually do listen. <laughs> and she was like, who, Aunt Megan? She's like, really? And, and Sam's like, no, seriously. Like, We go to games and people come up and say hello. <laughs> and my wife is just like, nah. She's like, "Relative, like Just relatives, right? I'm like, I, I don't know what supposedly people do. So thank you again, guys. It, I mean, we say it yeah. all the time, but really, um, rate and review us, great. But more than that, just if you enjoy it, god bless you i don't i don't know how you do but share it with a friend find other people and help spread the word uh, mm-hmm. more people get listening the more fun it's for everybody get more involved yeah. I, I had so much fun with the user submitted questions for overtime a couple weeks that was ago. awesome last we, week, we gotta do something like Christmas. that just open it up yep. maybe not just ot but do like reader q a or you guys the audience people are just so creative and funny and kind to us uh, with the way everybody responds and engages with us so thanks again
0: yeah, thank you everybody. Uh, we'll we'll be probably, you know, one way or the other, we'll have a big listenership and, and we we'll just be happy if the Dukes win. We'll have um, smaller listenership and, and I'll probably be all emotionally drained like last year <laughs> yeah. if they lose. So next week. Um so who knows what kind of show it'll be next week, but we'll be back. It's gonna
1: be a celebration, Come on, Let's be positive. It is.
0: I will say a couple of my habits are particularly healthier this year um than they were last year so i'm hoping to have at least a semblance of a voice next monday so that yeah. that, that might be good yes um yeah we'll see
1: some tea but, on the airplane you'll be fine
0: yeah I'm, I'm actually drinking tea tonight which is unusual but i'm really trying to save up and focus
1: yes. the, key, the emergency
0: good. out every morning this week yeah yep. so, yeah we'll see what happens so tonight we're going to jump around do a little preview and then we're going to have the great interview with delvin uh that was a lot of fun to record um He's just really fun to talk about. It's cool to talk to an ex-player that is such a fan, uh, like we are, it, you know, in addition to sort of knowing the game inside and out, uh, it's really fun. So hopefully everyone will enjoy that. Rob, do you want to kick us off? We're not going to do four downs tonight. We're just going to kind of, um, preview the game from our own thinking and, and talk about a few things that have caught our eye, uh, going into Frisco. I think most people are ready to consume any and all JMU content this week, and we're happy to, uh. Do this help provide a little bit?
1: (laughs) Well, I guess this is a little bit of a spoiler because Delvin Mm -hmm. talked about it, and you Mm -hmm. and I talked about it last week. And I mentioned that I was very kind of excited to see how the game plan works out. And we Delvin talks about that and does a much better job with it the weekend. But he also makes the point about managing emotions, and it's something that you and I have Mm -hmm. talked about on the podcast. You know, tailgating, just chatting, Mm -hmm. like Signetti just seems for this particular team. Mm-hmm. And the approach. I, I really think it's gonna pay dividends. Uh, I think you've got guys dialed in. I don't know if you saw the Rondell Carter interview. I did after practice today. <laughs> he didn't and even know. He didn't even know. Like I, I just think it's so cool that the team is so locked in and ready to go. And like he was thrilled in. If people don't know what we're talking about, WHSV mm-hmm. interviewed him. I think was it TJ? Act?
0: It was, yeah.
1: Yeah. Interviewed him and they actually broke the news to Carter that he was, you know, consensus all American. And that's how he found out. They're like, yeah, you know, they announced it a couple hours ago. He was probably practicing doing whatever. The point is, like, they're just so dialed in and ready to go. I just – I feel so much more confident this year versus 2017. And 2017 was a terrific team mm-hmm. um, with a great bunch of players and a great coaching staff. Had everything. Like, I just felt like – I don't know. Like, it was – something was bound to break. You know, they had, like, a 26, 27 game mm-hmm. winning streak. I just think this team is much more well-suited to really take things one game at a time. Everybody Mm -hmm. always says that. I've never bought it. I've always thought people are looking ahead. I actually buy it with Signetti and Mm -hmm. this team. Um, I don't think this team was looking ahead to Frisco five weeks ago, like Mm -hmm. a lot of fans were. I don't think they really were looking ahead or, you know, talking, following NDSU and thinking like, oh, that's all that matters. And I don't know what the players in 2017, but as a fan base, Mm -hmm. we absolutely were, were approaching it that way. Yeah, um, I think Signetti has done a very good job of just keeping everybody focused on the task at hand and not making the moment bigger than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So I I think that's going to really just pay dividends. I think they're going to come in more well prepared. We've seen week in and week out this team doesn't kind of swing. Mm-hmm. They've shown the ability to go down or to take a punch and keep going. I think that all comes down to being an advantage on Saturday. I don't mm-hmm. think this team is going to be scared by the moment. I don't think even if the unthinkable happens and they go down you know, seven points earlier, tempos, there's not going to be a panic. You're not going to mm-hmm. see them get out of what they're doing. So I don't know. It, this is so unusual for me to be calm and confident leading the game. Normally I would not be sleeping <laughs> at night and freaking out playing these Doomsday scenarios. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just something about it. I, I, I just think it's their year. And I think it's because of the way the team is really just built around game by game focus on what you got to do, do your job, the Saban-Belichick type philosophy. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm just, I'm, I'm so dialed in. I'm so bought into this, and I really think the team is going to come out and do good things on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and I think the team is deep enough throughout the 22. Man, Ross, you know, the, the healthy, too deep and healthy enough that that's also a, a good recipe for that kind of a, a you know, a, an approach. And we talked about, you know, this is not, it, we don't, again, we don't mean to knock uh, Coach Houston, at all, but we talked about it that, that that emotion, that fire and brimstone attitude was really needed in 2016, right? In the, yeah. first, the first team after there was real a little, loo- like, little era. Yeah. yeah, in the sort of late Mickey and then Withers era. Um, and that kind of emotion was really needed. But, but you know, they won that game in far, the one game in the playoffs that they needed. I mean, they needed it in New Hampshire the first game, and then they needed it in the Fargo Dome. And, but that was a Friday night on a short week. Like, there wasn't any time to buy into the hype and be exhausted uh, no. by the time they got up there, right? It was just a quick turnaround, go play. And then they were just overwhelmingly better, I think, than, than Youngstown in the championship. And Delvin, will talk about it later. I think that's a really good point. Just about these three weeks, this long off period, you know, just as fans, we were exhausted when we got to Frisco in 27, you know, in the NDSU game two years ago after that three week hype, I was better adjusted this year in terms of I'm going to wait till this week to get all, to sort of fully embrace the internet, you know, yeah. and get excited. Um, and I think Signetti, I mean, he gave the players a pretty extended break um, for Christmas that after the Weaver state game. And I think he, you know, you could kind of hear him saying that in the press conference today and last week, um, just that he, or today that, that he, you know, he didn't want people to come back and, wear them out by the time the game comes. So, yeah, I'm really hopeful about that, Rob. Rob, that's a big one. I love what Delvin's uh, – again, we're spoiling, but you talked about the passing game that we've talked about, um, our ability to defend the passing game. Um, this is one I'm looking forward to. I will say I think Jamie has improved, and the one thing that made me excited um, today was hearing – Cignetti definitely is instilling that belief in the team. He mentioned again today that he thought the second half against Villanova was the turning point of the season. And I don't know why it is that Villanova seems to always be the turning point of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, but that is not unusual for the Dukes. And if you think about what we were talking about, especially Stony Brook and then leading into Villanova, those were the, you know, those are the games we, we, we didn't have it together on the back end. Yep. And I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to see the one thing I'm really hoping this week too. I don't, I, I'm just, I'm interested to see our defensive game plan um, from coach Heatherman in terms of, you know Christian Watson for North Dakota State is their Brandon Polk right their their home run hitter mm-hmm. um and i'm interested to see like there's a part of me that would just love to see Rashad on him just match up just yeah. match up now i don't think that's that's not traditionally the way that JMU has played it that you mm-hmm. know Rashad plays his side and the other guys play their side um but i'm certainly excited to see those two go at it and it feels like that's just an enormous matchup in this game um it, it, because that seems to be North Dakota State's one huge weapon on the outside. I mean, we know that they're going to do 18 tight ends and three fullbacks and run all kinds of motion and everything. Um, and the linebackers and safeties will have to be on their game. But I feel like that one on one matchup, not giving up the big play, that one that they hit us with in 2017, you know, not letting one, not having a breakdown.
1: Like not letting that. somebody get over the top.
0: Yeah. yeah it's just, especially that, you know, like that year it wasn't even just. I mean, Watson's good enough to do it one-on-one, but that year was the guy who just, you know, it was a breakdown. Somebody, I mean, he was just wide open. Yeah, it was just you complete know. complete... So, cluster. hoping we can avoid that. And, and well, I guess that's defensively. Signetti uh, talked about, he did think that he expected... Yeah, I don't think he was downplaying it, but he said the type of game plan that North Dakota State tries to run does not usually lend itself to like John Daca and Rondell Carter being able to do their normal, like <laughs> just run around and harass the quarterback type thing, just because no. they're going to try to run at you so much. And to the extent they do any pocket passing, it's very quick. You know, they get it off very quick, but almost everything else, just not that you can't blow up a play here and there, but you know, he thought that we were going to have to be really sound. Um, There's and, not going to be a
1: lot of quarterbacks sitting back there for four and a half seconds. No, type no, of thing. no. You know, it's, I mean, I yeah. wish there were, but yeah. um, hope there will yeah. be in the second half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you hope so. But yeah, I mean, they know what they're going up against. It's mm-hmm. a well-coached team, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. They've been here before, obviously. They're gonna get rid of the ball quickly. They're not gonna be messing around. Um, uh-huh. I mean, clearly, that championship teams like to go at you and do what they do best and everything. But they're also not fools. Uh-huh. You, you, you don't want to just give Carter and DaCA the opportunity you don't want to force your linemen to try to block those guys all game so they're going to try to just find ways to to mitigate it and like Mm -hmm. you said that'll be getting rid of the ball quickly that'll be stunting and doing things like that and and running the ball so we'll see Uh, carter and docker will still make plays you can Uh you can count on that but i'd be surprised if this is some sort of like three or four sack game for either one of those guys yeah you know what's anything what's next for you rob I don't know. I mean, just kind of building off what we said last week. Like I am getting curious kind of the the storybook or the Disney fan in me (laughs) wants to know, is something going to happen? And I'm starting to think it's Nooch. I just have this feeling (laughs) like it's, (laughs) and for those reasons that we just stated, not because I think he's uber talented or he's due for a breakout game, but because of the mentality and he's Mm -hmm. just been such a fighter. And again, we're going to spoil something that, that Delvin talked about, but when, when players go through coaching changes, sometimes it forces them to work harder. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's what we saw. I think Nuch is just a hard worker to begin with,
0: uh-huh. but
1: I think Nuch last season ending a way that he wasn't happy about and having to prove himself for a new coach again, just uh-huh. forced him to really focus. We all read stories last summer about all the work he was doing with the private quarterback coach and working out with uh, these other college quarterbacks. And, you know, he just dedicated himself to being a better leader and better QB and making better decisions. We've seen absolutely nothing, to to counter that. Right. I mean, we, we've seen what now, fifteen weeks mm-hmm. of just evidence of that, and I think it's all going to come to hold today. Come to held on Saturday. I just think he's so well prepared. He's so much calmer. We have talked at nauseum this year about how he just has such control of that offense. So I think it's going to be his day. And I, I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be one of these amazing statistical performances, but I think when you when you talk about the QB as a leader of, mm-hmm. of an offense, it's hard. I, I have a tough time thinking of anybody who does that better than Newt this year. Mm-hmm. The, the way that he has just rallied the troops, all these things that we constantly talk about, about mm-hmm. JMU's ability to rally from, from taking a punch or going down early and never never wavering, that comes from the quarterback. Uh-huh. And the fact that Newt doesn't panic. And he goes out there, and this year he's not rushing. He's staying within himself. He's executing the game plan, even if they're down a score or two. So – I just I think it's all set up for him to to really walk out a champion on Saturday.
0: I hope so. I I have to say there's no other player. I don't think – I'm trying to think through the roster. I don't think there's another player on this team that would get me more hyped (laughs) if he played great on Saturday. (laughs) Um, You know, and and obviously that's an easy – I mean, it's the quarterback, whatever. But it's also the story, right? It's just that I feel like he has the potential to do it and – but it's not, like you know, like, I expect Carter and Daka and Rashad and Riley and to, and to Oaks, play great. Yeah. Right. I expect, I like expect to play that, well, yeah. right? And with Nooch, I, I, I expect him to play well. Um, but if he is the game-changing player, he would, maybe Harry doing something crazy would get me really excited, right? But other than that, I think Nooch is the one that would, would, would just, I'd be unbearable um, after the
1: game. Oh, so, I'd be obnoxious, yeah. yeah. yeah, that would, yeah. That would be- There are many people that want to follow us on
0: Twitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, One, just to focus on uh, something to be critical or concerned about. And I, I mean, turnovers is an obvious one and we're kind of, um, you know, jumping off of Newt here. And I was thinking about this for some reason. I I don't know. I I don't feel overly panicked about the interception issue this week. Um, You know, maybe I'm wrong on that. It's certainly possible. Um, Newt could certainly throw a pick. And I don't think that would be, you know, you hope it's not a pick six or something like that, but I think both teams are probably likely to get a turnover in this game.
1: Yeah. The, the defenses point, are too good too good to, to, not, not. Yeah, to yeah.
0: think that there's not going to be one turnover a piece. Um, so what had me thinking, and it just got me Signetti talking about it today about having to hang on to the football
1: mm-hmm.
0: was, you know, we've seen a little bit. I mean, if you look at the stats, given the number of times we have rushed the ball this year, they really, the running backs have not particularly been fumble prone. No. Um, but there is a lot of that real fight from, you know, the running backs, really the whole core. I mean, I'm thinking of Percy and Latrell off the top of my head, but that kind of fight for the extra yard, fight for the extra two yards. And I think when you get into a championship game, um, you know, you want to do that. You want to see that. Um, but you also want to just really
1: be thoughtful about that. And You, you don't I, need a I, Josh Allen moment. No, and no. Sometimes you, you got to go down with the three-yard, the three-yard game. Yep. Yard gain. yep.
0: Yeah. And I, I just I, that to me, and I, I think you know, I don't know their stable of backs, but it, it same thing applies for NDSU, I'm sure. Um, you know, I, I could see there being a big, big play on a fumble this week. Um, so hopefully it goes that way. <laughs> so so
1: I, what, what you, are you thinking? Like you seem almost a little more nervous than me. <laughs> it was just yeah, totally. It's, it's it's a reversal here. I, you know, this one's really hard because I don't
0: the, – the fan in me is – I feel like you. I'm quietly confident. I do think that if JMU plays well, I, I think they're the better team. Yeah. Um, but it's really hard to look at both of these. Uh, there were things in 17, and I don't remember sort of top of my head what they were, but there were elements of the game when you looked at the stats or you looked at the team where I wondered, like, was JMU – were they ready? As it turned out, they really were physically. Um, they just made mistakes, right? But this yeah, year, that, that's too- the whole
1: point I was making too, like, or yeah. I was trying to make. About mm-hmm. they just seemed like the. You hate to say this because it sounds critical of somebody right. mentally. You, you never want to do that, but it seemed like at certain moments, the the, the moment got too big at yeah. certain parts of the game, and just people did things uncharacteristic, which you'd expect. It's you it, it happen in the Super Bowl and stuff like that, like the the early jitters. But, mm-hmm. Jamie, you had those moments throughout the game. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. just, like, the first quarter. Weren't there a couple of, like, unsportsmanlike penalty, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties and things like that? Then, obviously, yes. the drops. Yep. Um, Riley's fumble that was not a fumble. <laughs> um, just the inability to to punch it in in the end there. It yep. just seemed like they were kind of playing with fire the whole time. They didn't play their best game. They still were right there in it. Mm-hmm. Could have won, should have won. Yep. But yeah, it just something seemed a little bit off that day. Yeah, I felt like that team, 17, and to some extent, 18's
0: team last year, too. Um, there was a little bit of, I don't, I don't know what to say. They kind of took for granted that they would be there in the end. And when they, you know, that, like, they would just overcome everything, and they were in the middle of that streak. And they, it didn't happen that day. <laughs> and, yeah. I, you know, I wonder about that this week in the reverse. You know, I think that's more likely. Like, I don't think JMU takes any single play for granted in this game this year. I don't think they take for granted that they'll have a chance in the fourth quarter if they mess up too bad in the first and second. Um, And I think that's a big event. And you wonder another, you know, NDSU is on a million game winning streak again. Um, You know, are they more susceptible to that? I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm a little nervous. We'll see. I've been up and down. I I think publicly, I'm probably more confident than I'm being on here, but you know, it's just, I hate in the same thing, Rob, I got, worked up over the weekend because I saw the, the officiating crew is the big sky crew that did the Villanova Southeastern Louisiana game uh, with the atrocious offensive pass interference call that cost Villanova the game. Yeah. And I'm like, I just hate, I just, as good as JMU has been all year. And to be honest, you know, I don't mean to be too generous to the smelly bisons, but as good as both these teams have been all year, I would really just hate to see this game decided on a mistake, whether that's an officiating mistake or a kid totally making a mistake. You know, if somebody blocks a kick or makes a great diving interception, then good for them, you know? Um, but a true, like just a Ernest Biner fumble or a referee awful decision, that kind of thing. I I don't, did did you
1: watch the, did you watch the bills Texans game? Yeah. (laughs) That was like, I had no dog in that fight. Right. It was painful. I, I had, I had like knots in my stomach Because I was so scared, Josh Allen was going to do something dumb after he did that weird, fumble, like fumble pitch thing. Right. I mean, the guy, and there's plenty of reason to be excited. I mean, he he showed some amazing talent and ability to run the ball, but it just seemed like that game was setting up for somebody stupid. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy that it ended up. The the lasting memory will be Watson's amazing play. Yes. Because like you like I. even when it's not my team, the point I'm trying to make is you hate to see a goat. You'd rather see a hero. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't stand the idea of it coming down to an officiating mistake or some sort of other thing. Unlike, I, I'm kind of an outlier. Where I know it's a big thing in CA hoops. Everybody pays attention to the refs. I've never known a single ref's name in my life. Other than like Ed Hockley. Right. Because right. the jokes about him being well, like So you're more attuned to this. So when so, you started getting worried, I was like, yep. oh, crap, this isn't good. Because so, I never of, know who it
0: is. Speaking of Ed Hockley, his kid is going to be the side judge on Saturday.
1: Okay. Well. Yes,
0: there's a, there's a little Hockley who's, going to be, who's on yeah. this crew. So, um, yes, I do tend to, um, having you know, sat sort of in the employee seats for basketball the last five years, I think I got even more in tune with this down in ACC country. No, um, I,
1: I think I'm an outlier. I'm not saying that like you yeah. or you're some sort oh, no, no, or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm saying like, I'm realizing a lot of college fans, particularly CA Hoops, people know well, every officiating crew. Yes. And yes. I know there's a lot of people like you that know it for football. I'm yep. so oblivious. I'm such an emotional mess on game days that I can't keep track of that crap. No, me too. Well, I, well I I wanna... you can do it though because you know. I know, I know. <laughs> you're an emotional mess like me, but you keep it together mm-hmm. afterwards and you realize like you, you have rational – you have rational try. decisions or a rational I, basis for some of these things.
0: Oh, I hope I could do it this weekend. But um,
1: yeah,
0: Rob, the only other two things, I mean, I'm really, I think JMU, I, I like what we're going to talk about. I mean, we'll just leave some of that for later. But I do think JMU, I like where we stand on special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ratke, it, it seems like just listening to NDSU stuff the last week, they are not very confident in their kicking game. Um, and they certainly are nervous about Amos yes. after the last time we played yeah. So I think both of those are solid for JMU. And what I said uh,
1: about them not wanting to be a GOAT, I, I would get over it if it happened at BSU. <laughs> I'll just leave yeah, that out there. Yeah, I, I, I would, would feel do. bad for the kid emotionally, but, the, but not bad enough. No, we win yeah. the game. I'm not going to have any problem yeah, with I'll, I'll, it. Yeah. He'll win seven more some other
0: time. <laughs> yeah. One thing I did think was interesting today, Rob, I know this is kind of um, way inside baseball on this too, but you and I – you know, JMU remains, it's it sort of settled. I think the line for this game has settled um, to JMU by about a point.
1: Yeah. Point to it's a point basically and a half. Yeah, It's
0: basically a pick Yeah, it's basically a pick-em, but it, it, I think we all expected, and it did start in some places with NDSU slightly favored. So, whatever, yeah, it's basically a pick And I think that's a little bit of a surprise to me that NDSU is not like a little bit of a favorite. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was kind of funny that Brian McLaughlin wrote that story on hero sports today where he anonymously asked a bunch of coaches around the country for their pick in this game. Mm -hmm. Um, And he should tell what conference they were from, but for obvious reasons, they didn't want to out themselves as to who they were. Um, Now part of this. So I I don't know what the final results were, but let's say it was 80% of the coaches picked NDSU. Um, And I did kind of laugh about it. I was thinking like, why is it so to me, it seems like, why is it so unbalanced when these teams are so close in so many categories? And I, I guess part of it's probably that the coaches, I mean, I don't know how much they pay attention to the deep dive stat stuff once their team's eliminated.
1: They care. You know?
0: Yeah, I don't care either. I just thought it was kind of interesting. I, sure no, they, no,
1: I, I don't know. I think the coaches care. I think yeah. they're not paying attention. They're like, oh, yeah, NDSU. Oh. Like, you, yeah. You're never going to get fired for choosing IBM sort of thing. <laughs> right, 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 you right. know, like, people are just going to say point. NDSU, oh, they've won eight straight. Like, you're not going to look like a fool if you pick NDSU and they lose, because there'll be other stories. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, I mean, maybe they really believe it, but it's also kind of the safe pick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not going to be our pick, I don't think, but we'll no. have to uh, get to that uh, on Friday. Rob, I guess we should try to write something or two this week. We'll put this up.
1: Yeah, um, I, th- I was going to do that this morning, but... Well, yeah th- the idea of going back to work had me kind of a little bit depressed yesterday so I didn't <laughs> I didn't want to go on the computer
0: I actually had an oddly intense work day today I'm sure a lot of people did this was just it was weird to go I was in the office last week quite a bit and did not expect today to turn out <laughs> quite the way it did but what are you yeah. gonna do yeah um so I don't do you have anything else there Rob no just I mean, think is mean, way better than we are so oh he's fantastic I me mean, talk just, yeah
1: Thank you so much, Delvin, for coming Mm -hmm. on here. I really enjoyed this. It was really, really cool. I've always been curious to hear how other – or not other – how former players approach their fandom and everything, particularly guys who played in the NFL. I loved him being so open and honest about it. It also made me so happy to know that he's a part of this, what seemingly really, really big group of passionate JMU football alums. Um, Yeah. I loved what he had to say about kind of his role and and vis-a-vis – the program and Mm -hmm. rolling up the red carpet and what what he's owed or is not owed i thought that was a very interesting answer um Mm -hmm. i thought it was really interesting his take on kind of nfl fandom and how it changes when you make it to the league so yeah really cool i can't thank him enough that was really really neat um for him to take the time and and come on and, and be so enthusiastic was a real treat for me personally
0: yeah so without further ado um enjoy our us talking to delvin joyce thanks And welcome back to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. But tonight, we are thrilled to have a very special guest, uh, kind of making this a tradition, having a big uh, pre-Frisco guest here. It's been a couple years. Um, This guy uh, doesn't need much introduction for Dukes of a certain age. Um, We'll we'll let him tell you all about it. But the all-time leader in total yardage at JMU, Delvin Joyce, former running back and special team star, joins us tonight. Welcome, Delvin.
2: What's going on, guys? How are you?
0: <laughs>
1: and, and former New York Giant. Let's come on now. Give, give my Giants some love here.
2: I mean, we don't want to drop the Giants thing yet until they start winning again. Come on.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> that is true. It's, it's still, I'm still in mourning for this future. The future is bright. I, b- I believe in Danny Dimes. There you go. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> well, good to hear. Um we are thrilled to welcome Delvin.
0: Uh, we've had a chance to chat with him a little bit over the last couple of weeks, and he's following up. Just so you know, Delvin, I, um, we had Steve Buckins on a couple years ago um, before Frisco. So, no kidding. Pretty yeah. cool follow up here. Yeah. yeah. So I got big shoes to fill.
2: Yes, right. sir. Right. Now, now, let me ask Was that? did we win that year, or that, that was the year we lost?
0: That was the year we lost. So, all right. I, we need you to bring us the luck here. <laughs> yeah.
2: Reverse the curse, brother.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, Delvin, why don't you get us started? Just telling uh, telling everybody. Uh, for I think most people our age and a lot of our you know hardcore listeners are going to know. Uh, but tell us when you played and and one of the kind of craziest stories. How the heck you ended up at JMU?
2: So what's crazy is that I can't believe I'm about to say this. I played football at JMU in the '90s. Like, <laughs> I mean, does that make me sound old or what? But yeah, so <laughs> no. I played. I got the JMU in '96, uh, so my last season was 2000. I redshirted and and actually graduated in 2001. I I came to JMU as a unrecruited, uninvited walk-on. <laughs> they had no idea who I was when I showed up. I just knocked on the door and said, "I want to play football." So kind of a kind of a crazy story.
0: How in the heck does that work? Like, <laughs> I remember this a little bit. I mean, we'll get into stuff later, but. How does that work? Like, what did you do to end up on the team?
2: Man, it was, it was, um, so I actually visited JMU. So I applied to three schools out of high school. And okay. fortunately, I was a good student, right? Mm-hmm. And so I applied to William and Mary. Mm-hmm. I applied to JMU. And then I applied to Radford, who doesn't even have football. That was my safe school. <laughs> right. right. And, you know, I, I went to JMU on what's called Perspectives Weekend. I don't know if you guys remember this. I don't know if they still do this. But it's it's basically where they take a bunch of African American kids who've applied to the school as students, and they bring them in for a weekend and show them what life's like at JMU. Oh. And I'm telling you, dude, I stepped on that campus and I <laughs> fell in love with the place. I was like, this is what college is supposed to be about. And and so I knew I wanted to go to school there. And you know, I wasn't recruited; they didn't know who I was. And but I did want to play football. I was a pretty good high school football player. Mm-hmm. I was all state defensive back in virginia and for some reason no one liked the fact that i was five feet four inches tall i guess at the time. <laughs> but but i will say before we move on from mm-hmm. that like I'm, I'm so thankful that i got there when i did mm-hmm. because i don't think that had i showed up like i did um back in 1996 if, if i do that now mm-hmm. there's no chance i have a shot at playing football at james <laughs> no chance uh, no, who was it? Okay. Was that
1: was that Alex Wood or was that so rip share?
2: That was Alex Wood, who we called Wiggity Wood. Love the guy. <laughs> he he was he he was a great a great guy because when I when I walked into his office and showed him my tuition bill and said, "There's no way I can pay this," mm-hmm. uh, he was like, "Hey, here's some scholarship money. We want you to stay in school." So, oh wow, uh, I am eternally grateful.
1: Yeah, I could tell you would be. But how'd that work? Did you just knock on the door and then did you? Was there an open tryout? Did you need to have, like, your high school coaches vouch for you? How did the actual process of getting on the team work? You know, what's funny is I don't I don't remember anything other than
2: sitting in a locker room um, with a guy named Jeff Skellinger, who was also trying <laughs> to walk on, and they just brought us out on the field, and I was wearing number 85. It was disgusting. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> They were like, "Here's a jersey, here's a helmet, and you're gonna be a tackling dummy." And I'm out there busting my tail trying to like prove myself. I had no skin on my body because that's that's back when we had the old turf.
1: Yeah, like, with the like with the crown. Fall, oh yeah. Sloped, yeah, Right,
2: like you fall, you look like Freddy Krueger afterwards. Right? Mm-hmm. That, that
1: was like the vet back in Philly. You know that sort of turf.
2: Yeah, it was it was god awful. But yeah, <laughs> it was it was the first day of school. You know, because they had already been through training camp. And I show up first day with fresh legs. So mm-hmm. I'm out there bawling.
1: That's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, crazy. It's it's to go from that to, you know, making the JMU Hall of Fame. And like Todd said, when you, when you graduate, you're an all-time leader in all-purpose yards. It's really kind of an amazing story just to go out like that.
2: It, extremely blessed, man. And I, I have to thank my parents because they, they helped me to um, understand. I always say my dad told me I could be anything and do anything. Mm-hmm. and my mom gave me the discipline to actually do it and yeah. and i'm from southern virginia brother so mm-hmm. when i say she gave me the discipline <laughs> yeah. she she gave me the discipline oh yeah. yeah
0: so you talked about playing for coach wood um were you there when that turned when the coaching staff turned over then too
2: yeah so yeah i had coach wood for two years and then mm-hmm. mickey came in
0: a mm-hmm. couple of years later and i was just wondering i mean it's so funny think looking back now it, it seems like a different world, uh, but, you know, the guys on the team now have been through, I mean, the seniors have been to at least two, some of them three coaching changes, I think, um, at least the people that were re- recruited heavily by um, Withers' staff. Uh, what was that like going through a change, and, and how, what do you think maybe is so much different about, like, being able to handle that change now? Well, I think the, the positive
2: of that mm-hmm. type of change, first mm-hmm. off, is that it forces you to play harder.
1: Mm.
2: Because because you don't have that equity built up with the new coaching staff like you mm-hmm. may have had with the other coaching staff. So guys work harder in the off season. Mm-hmm. They work harder in spring ball. They work harder in training camp. Mm-hmm. And so for me, if you think about it, when Withers left, you know, yeah and, and we lost that game to to frickin' Colgate. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and and Houston comes in. Do you, I, I'm going to tell you something. That team worked incredibly hard. So it's no surprise to me that we end up in the national championship that year. Of course, mm-hmm. they were stacked as well, mm-hmm. but that hard work translated into a national championship. And I think it's the same thing now. Yeah. Um. And and so that that's the positive. I'd say the you know the negative is that for for some of these kids, I mean, it's unfortunate that you know we had came in and, and used our program as a stepping stone. Right, right. Um, you know, with Withers, of course, we all knew that guy wanted to get on the first thing smoking, uh, <laughs> as soon as he stepped foot in Harrison. Yeah. Right. And, and coach Houston, you know, and I'm, I'm very grateful for Houston and, and everything that he did for the program. But mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was an opportunist just like, uh, just like Withers. He was just a better politician.
1: Yeah. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. But, but, but we are grateful for the program. Um, Everything comes around. We're very as as a football alum. Like, how involved are you with the program? I know there's been some talk about some of the players not feeling as connected with this regime. Or what's your, your impression?
2: Well, I would say that first off, JMU football and and James Madison Uni- University they don't owe me anything. So Dude. I, you know, I don't feel like entitled that you know they should roll out some red carpet every time I show up in Harrisonburg. I mean, that's, that's not the case. And I, I think most of the alums that I speak with, mm-hmm. of all alums kind of feel the same way. You know, we're, we're excited about the program and where the program is, is right now. We're incredibly proud um, that, you know, we're on this national stage mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm three coaches removed now from, from that program. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it's, it, while it feels a little distant, I, I'm I'm just a big fan. I love to watch JMU football.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really it's cool, awesome. and I know there was an article a couple of years ago featuring you and a bunch of other players that make it back every time there's a championship and stay connected. It still sounds like you're pretty tight with the guys you played with.
2: Yeah, man. So I, I'm on like three uh, football alumni group chats, and. <laughs> and and my you know my wife she's like you know we're sleeping in the bed together at night and she's like why is your phone going yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's it's non-stop cool. oh, that's
1: well funny. that's cool like i mean even though it's been a while since you played you still you and your your achievement still must have some sense of pride in what you guys did to, to contribute to this i mean like you played back in the atlantic 10 days but so i believe you won a championship and you laid the foundation and um, I'm sure it's fun as a fan, but do you take any pride in kind of the role you and your teammates did to, to lay the groundwork, even if it was, you know, 20 years ago?
2: I mean, that that's nice of you to say. I mean, I, I think that um, JMU historically always had a good reputation in Division I AA. Mm-hmm. But what the program is doing right now is in another stratosphere. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that. I think all the credit for that goes to Mickey Matthews. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. because that, that guy, I mean, <laughs> you, you want to talk about someone who came in and just literally changed the culture mm-hmm. because while we had guys who were, who were, you know, excited to be playing college football, they weren't necessarily proud to be at JMU. Mm. And, and Mickey came in and, and made us feel proud to be a part of the program. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if I can, I'll give you a quick example. Like sure. The, the small stuff. So we had these disgustingly ugly gray practice um <laughs> like they were it was a gray shorts and gray top I remember you know, they looked like high it didn't school have gym uniforms you written on it anywhere yeah. it, it looked like a prison uniform like if you were putting a a football prison team on on the field that's what you would wear and and, and when Mickey came in he was like well, what are you boys wearing I mean and and he he went out and got us like some new like gear that actually said jmu <laughs> and you cannot measure the impact that that has on an 18 year old um mm-hmm. who who wants to feel like they're playing big time college football mm-hmm. you know we painted the locker room we made renovations they were washing our uniforms and dishwashing detergent <laughs> and true story true yep. story and we ran out of dishwashing detergent. And, and Mickey says to the equipment manager, he, he pulled, the guy pulls a, a couple of hundred dollars out of his pocket mm-hmm. and says, go buy some washing detergent and, <laughs> and wash the uniform. Right. So that, that and the, his commitment to, to actually be at the program and not look around and take other offers and entertain that, mm-hmm. I think is what helped to lay the groundwork for what the program's doing right now.
1: Well, I guess that, that brings up, like, on the other side, like, the flip side of having pride, do you guys ever talk about what could have been or almost look with, like, some jealousy at the facilities and everything that these players have and think what you Dude. guys could do, how much fun it would be <laughs> to play in Bridgeport?
2: All right, so if my if my son ever hears this podcast, I'll deny it. <laughs> but but I will give my last-born child <clears throat> for an opportunity to return a punt the <laughs> yeah, right the new And I'm not... I mean that that's sick. And to play in front of twenty five thousand people and yeah. and the fan support like the big now mm-hmm. um, versus when we were there, because I think we're all contemporaries, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um the the biggest difference now is that people are there's so much um school pride. Like yeah. you walk through JMU's campus and everyone's wearing purple and JMU paraphernalia. Yeah. And when we were there, you know, people were wearing Virginia Tech hats Mm -hmm. and UVA sweatshirts. It drove me crazy. Mm -hmm. But you don't see that anymore.
1: No, Todd and I say, like, we would go to the football games, but we could just go to D Hall and then just walk right in on our way back to Eagle or Short and Like, it was just – it was easy to get in. You could walk right in. I mean, it was nice if you were a fan. You wanted a good seat. But it also was a little bit depressing. We felt like people were missing out. I mean, those were – I was there for the Mike Cawley, you know, David McLeod years and then tailing up graduate there's some really exciting teams um but it really it it was nothing like today it's hard to even describe you know or even it was hard to imagine back then if you would have told me that i would return as an alum in my 40s for 25,000 people in the stadium there's no way i would have believed you (laughs) yeah that i
0: know it's it's that we'd get there four hours early to tailgate like yeah it's crazy Yeah. yeah um yeah, Delvin, I, I think you're not – I mean, it's funny to hear that from the player's perspective, like, about sort of that pride in JMU. I mean, I don't know that – I think for even non the regular students, there was a little bit more of that, right? Yeah. I mean, that idea of, like, yeah, totally. you didn't get into UVA or something like that. And now I feel like everybody who's there is thrilled to be there, you know, um, players or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think it's a credit not just to football, but to what oh, JMU yeah. has done as a university. I mean, I, I think President Alger's done a great job. President Rose did a phenomenal mm-hmm. job in, in promoting the university. And I just, you know, I'll give you an example for me. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yep. And I've been here off and on for the last 14 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I first moved to North Carolina back in 2006, not a lot of people knew about JMU. Yeah. Like they because the school system's so strong here in, in North Carolina, mm-hmm. there's a ton of schools. And now when I say JMU, people actually know where I'm talking about. Uh huh. Yeah. And every now and then they say, Man, you guys had a great uh, run in the sweet sixteen and I'm like, No, nope, wrong president.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. yeah.
0: But still, no. they're close, yeah.
1: they're getting yeah.
0: Well, that's funny. I was gonna ask you about that. So, um I was in Greensboro, I was actually working at UNC Greensboro, um the last five years until this year. And I know that you had gotten really, you know, kind of brought back in and, and people with the Charlotte Dukes were really excited um, that you were around. Uh, what What are you doing down there? Anything you want to, you know, talk talk about or put out there right now?
2: Yeah. So I, uh, I, I'm i a financial planner. I've been a financial planner since I retired mm-hmm. from the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the only thing I've done for the last 14 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, haven't had any concussions or surgery <laughs> uh, since, uh, since becoming a financial planner. That's good. So, yeah it's a uh
0: it's a great game mm-hmm. yeah oh uh, that's a funny one um so i gotta ask you this delvin because uh you don't remember this um but i am my my high school roommate or my college freshman year roommate at jmu and my high school friend is your quarter one of your quarterbacks at least greg maddox and i feel like he is the all-time ghost of jmu football um i love greg but he has disappeared off the planet since he has disappeared where is that <laughs> he's guy? a doctor actually <laughs> but, yeah is he, he really? really is yeah um okay what kind of doctor I, I actually don't know his wife is a international civil rights attorney they've lived overseas um off and on for a long time so it's really interesting no yeah his wife is the same same as his college girlfriend so it's great um greg's the best but i know but i was going to ask you i mean really for a guy that's i rob and i kind of looking about you know getting ready to talk to you we were looking at the old history books and this all the stats for jmu and for a guy that's still in the record book i'm like nobody knows anything about greg and i was just wondering if you had any funny stories about the time you all were there together or playing together man so first off
2: i love greg greg has always been well respected Mm -hmm. You know his name comes up in in multiple group chats right. all the time with stories. You know, I'll, I'll give you a story. It's not necessarily a funny story, but I I will tell you that guy was one of the toughest people I've ever seen play
0: football. Yeah. And, Oklahoma kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 so we were we were in a game. I can't remember what year it was, but we were getting crushed. <laughs> And and I'm in the backfield, and so it was before Curtis got there because I was still in the backfield. You know, I kind of split out the receiver when he got mm-hmm. there. But so I'm in the backfield, and Greg must have been sacked about 15 times this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe six or seven were my fault, and I just remember this one time. I mean, he got rocked, <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm standing there looking at it. And I look at him, and I feel like the the guy in uh, in Rocky, you know, when Apollo Creed's getting worked <laughs> by uh, Drago, he's like throwing the damn towel. Yeah. Like I I remember looking at Greg, like dude, don't get up. <laughs> and and he got up, man, and he just kept playing. And I was like, man, that is one tough sob. So he'll he'll always have my respect.
0: That's
1: for that. funny. That's really cool. All right, so looking ahead, like what as a player, like you said, you're in this group text. Are you guys all focused? Like, do you have guys on your team who break down the other team, or are you all about JMU? Because I know we've got group texts, and there's the certain guys you can go to when you want to find out about the opponent. Um, how do you how do you approach it as a fan? Are you just all in on JMU, or, or are you the type of guy who's been like watching North Dakota State games the past couple weeks?
2: Yeah, no, we're breaking down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that,
2: that's the uh, that's the gift and the curse of being a former player. It's like you can't just watch a game and enjoy yeah. it. And so, you know, there's there's lots of opinions on on how this game's gonna go, <laughs> and um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun having the debate. So, what do
1: you think in, in terms of North Dakota State? What do you think is the biggest uh, or the most critical matchup for JNU heading into this game? So, I'm gonna I'm gonna go
2: the opposite of of what I think everyone else thinks. I mean, obviously, it's strength on strength with their their rushing offense versus our rushing defense. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily concerned with that because I think both teams are going to be able to rush the ball pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm more concerned with how our secondary responds to their intermediate routes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because as I look back on our season, that was was kind of a weak spot for us. Certainly in the first half of the season. yeah, and it was exploited. You know, Stony Brook and, and Villanova I think did a pretty good job of exploiting it. And then it was like the the rest of the teams didn't watch film, so nobody even tried.
1: Yeah, right.
2: But 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 they've got the ability to run these short intermediate routes, get the ball out fast, which makes Carter and DACA not, you know, non-factors and actually exploit our secondary. And and our secondary, we've got great players, but they you know, for some reason at during the middle part of the year they just weren't playing well as a unit. You know, individually, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam Smith and you know, uh Amos and all mm-hmm. the you know, great players, but as a unit cohesively, we were uh, we were outmatched at times.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well where do you think Jamie has the advantage? <laughs>
2: Well, I, I do think JMU uh, has the advantage on on our side of the ball. I think we can control the tempo of the game with our running game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would give our running game against their defense a slight edge mm-hmm. over their running game and our against our defense. Mm-hmm. And I also think we're gonna have the advantage in the uh in the punt return game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I no. think my guy, Famous Amos. I think well, at, first off, he's going to break my you know career punt return yardage record the next <laughs> year. He better, yeah, right, right. Or or I'll be disappointed. Right.
1: Have him um, break it Saturday. I think he's, yeah.
2: yeah, he might. Right. I hope so. Yeah. Um, but I think he's going to have a big game, and if he has a big game, then we win the field field position uh, battle, and we win the football game. Yeah, I, I think that's so. a good one.
0: I hope so. Yeah. So you making the trip this year?
2: I am making that. Nice. I have not. I've not missed the JMU national championship. Good. Well, a, I don't.
0: Enjoy. All right. I, I, I will join you in, in that. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. awesome.
2: Man. True, true story. I booked my flight after Mamba.
1: Good work. Nice. God,
0: I, there's like three hundred dollars that say I wish I did that, too. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Yeah. Great. I've got status. Though. There you go. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah.
1: So you going with former players and teammates?
2: So, I am actually um, – I'm going with one of my former players who lives in, uh, in, in uh, Charlotte, uh, Mike Cox. He was mm-hmm. a defensive yeah. lineman turned offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Cool. And there's just a bunch of guys that are actually going to be there. So, each – for the last couple of times we've been there, uh, we have a former teammate, Jason Enskeep. I don't know if you guys remember mm-hmm. him. Offensive lineman, yeah. all-conference O-lineman. Yeah. He actually lives in Dallas. Oh, or Plano. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and so – we we go out to his house and have barbecue and nice uh, maybe maybe bourbon <laughs> maybe, maybe. There, there
0: there may be some adult yeah. beverages here
1: hopefully some celebratory toasts after the game yeah
0: that's right man let's hope so yeah that you know, first year after the game was a lot easier than the second year after the game as a fan yeah well uh-huh. you know what's funny you say that.
2: You know, after we lost the game last year, mm-hmm. I, was so deject- two two ago, I was so dejected, or two years ago, I was so dejected, I was like, "All right, screw this. I'm not going out. I don't want to see any green and gold." Right. Yeah. And they do such a great job with the setup in uh-huh. Frisco, with separating, you know, segregating the two teams. Yeah. Like we went out that night. I had more fun Saturday night than I did Friday. I never saw any North Dakota State fans.
1: Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, that was the case. We never saw any Youngstown State fans, but that was all different reasons for that. <laughs> Just yeah, weren't was, there. well, they don't. <laughs> that was almost, I almost felt bad for like the twenty we saw. Yeah.
0: So, so Rob, <laughs> I got to let you ask some, some NFL questions here.
1: Well, I just I mean you played on under Jim Fossil, correct? And you guys, I still haven't gotten over that I, that playoff loss to San, San Francisco. But uh, oh man, what was it like being in that locker room? I know you, you really excelled in special teams. Um, averaged over twenty yards a kick return to that, but you had an interesting running back room with the thunder and lightning. And that was when Teak, nobody thought Teak could be in every down back. Um, what was it like just being on that team, um, having some success, you know, going to the playoffs? Rookie? like What was it like in NFL locker room after just being a walk-on at JMU?
2: It was, um, you know, one of the most incredible experiences of my life, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you could be an NFL player uh, anywhere, but mm-hmm. to be an NFL player in New York <laughs> – and play for a franchise like the Giants yeah. just you know made made it just even more rewarding. Um, there's 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 a lot of personality in an NFL locker room because there's a lot of personality in college football <laughs> locker rooms, and you know you got to have thick skin because everybody's making fun of everybody. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun, especially with the guys that I got an opportunity to play with. You know the Tiki's and the Ron Danes and Michael Strahan's and Amani Toomer's. That's
1: really cool. Now you returned kicks. Was was that was tumor still return returning punts at that time?
2: No, so I actually started I was the, the punt returner so and punks. kick returner. Oh, okay. you know, and, okay. yeah, in two thousand and two. And then um for some reason uh, I still can't figure it out. They brought in Brian Mitchell who <laughs> that's I that's what yeah.
1: it right. was,
2: by the way. Love Brian, great guy. And I, I have some great Brian Mitchell stories. I can't tell them on air.
1: <laughs> yeah. um,
0: but see me and Frisco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Delvin, I, on that note, on the pros, does it, do you have a lot of, like, were you excited? I know I was excited uh, watching Richard. I think he only had one fair catch this weekend. Um, but do you guys also get excited about how many JMU players are in the league right now? I, I'm so fired up about that
2: yeah. because <laughs> I, I'm one of these people that I have always said FCS football has just as much talent as fbs football mm-hmm. it's just not as deep right right but, yeah. but there are talented kids in fcs and so for jmu to have as many guys as they have in the nfl right now uh-huh. is I, I would have never imagined this.
1: yeah you
2: know i i think there was a snap this year and you guys know yeah. this but you know that the bucks had like three o-linemen on, on the field at the same time <laughs>
1: yeah. and then ish that's like, even it's well, later it's and then ish yeah. exactly
2: who, who just signed with the Panthers? Yeah. By the way, I, oh yeah, I DM'd them on Instagram. I said, "Hey, uh you got you got some football alumni
0: support here in Charlotte." welcome that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm. I know it's terrible for you too, but I'm. I'm a Skins fan, and so it was a lot of fun having Jimmy back there this year in, in an otherwise no, miserable are, season. That was one. Ex- are the
2: Skins still in the NFL? Uh, so? uh, supposedly, <laughs> yeah.
0: Supposedly, okay. Yeah, i was just making yeah. sure. But and I know now, for I you, football. it's got to be cool. um I mean, I'm going to be watching every punt return for Richard and the Titans this coming week. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's after the Frisco game. So that's the night game when they play the Ravens this Saturday and I'll be yelling oh, at them, right. yelling at everyone to quiet down whenever there's a Ravens punt. Yeah. If there is a yeah. Ravens punt, I guess. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but. I, I love it. And, and unfortunately, Rob, I'm not necessarily a Giants fan. I pull for them. <laughs> um, but more importantly, I pull for players, and yeah. but so the teams that I root for have JMU players. Um, I was I was very dejected that the Bills lost that game yes. just because of Dean. You know? Yeah,
1: that was just but, a brutal ending for any team. But that was brutal. Yeah. That,
2: that that reminded me of 2002 <laughs> NFC wildcard game against the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually,
1: that's Somewhat. interesting. Like I, I, that actually doesn't surprise me that you wouldn't be a fan of a team. I'd imagine. Like your passion for JMU is so obvious and it's so cool that your former teammates seem to share that. And you're so excited. When you get into the pros, is it just such a business that you just you kind of sympathize with everybody? And they talk about like that brotherhood of fraternity. You said you just support your friends and players. Is it just the of perspective? Just, you kind of grow out of it and your, your family kind of stops and ends with JMU.
2: Yeah, so I am, the only thing that can ruin my weekend is a JMU football loss, <laughs> yeah. so, but but with respect to the NFL, to your point, it is such a business, and, you know, maybe my experience was different, because I only played for three years with the Giants, and so I never really, you know, I loved the Giants while I was there, I was a rabid, you know, teammate, and, you know, mm-hmm. I cheered like crazy when I was on the sideline, but you know, once I left, it was there was no r- real affinity there, like with with JMU. Okay. Oh, and my wife went to JMU, yeah. so my, my kids have to go to JMU. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I've always wondered about that as perhaps, and that actually makes sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. How you would be more passionate about your your college. So cool, Delvin. We
0: got to ask fun. you the big one though. Here, um, what do, what do you think is yeah. going to happen
1: this weekend? What, what's what's what's
2: all your prediction? <laughs> all right, so here here's the the big key to the game for me, other than the X's and O's is how each team handles their emotions Mm -hmm. in this game. Um, I don't know if you guys, were you there in 2017?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought JMU struggled a little bit with that for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and the hard part about that is that everyone, that game was so anticipated since the beginning of the season, right? Everyone wanted JMU North Dakota state, and and now there's 3 weeks that pass between your last playoff game and the national championship so you got 3, year, three weeks of build up and hype <laughs> and i'm telling you as a fan i was exhausted yeah. by the time we walked into the stadium
0: yep yeah, the me too game.
2: dude by the time that yep. before they kicked off like i'm bending over and i'm sweating i'm standing next <laughs> yeah. to your buddy tim emery yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm like freaking exhausted yeah. and and so if you're a player You have that same thing going on, Mm -hmm. except it's worse. Yeah, and so I think the team that's going to win is the team that can manage those emotions because when those emotions run high and you get too hyper and too hype, you you do things that are uncharacteristic. And if you think back to twenty seventeen, we dropped so many freaking footballs. Yeah, that game, a couple of possible touchdowns. (laughs) Right,
0: touchdowns. Right,
2: and that that to me was emotions, Mm -hmm. and so. You know, everybody loves Houston and locked the damn gates and all that. If you're in charge of 19 and 20-year-olds, your job is to help them to manage their emotions. Mm -hmm. My money is on Signetti this week and the Nick Saban, Bill Belichick influence. (laughs) And I think he's going to have those guys ready to play. Um, He's a master game planner. It may not not be a ton of style points like the UNI game, right? But it doesn't matter if you win by one point or 50 points mm-hmm. this game. Um, so I, I think JMU wins. As long as we kick uh, – as long as we score touchdowns and not settle for field goals in the red mm-hmm. zone, I think we actually win by three or four spots. Uh,
0: that's what I like to
2: hear. If, if, we, <laughs> yes. if, if we kick field goals, it's going to mm-hmm. be close. Yeah. But I think we still win.
1: I like it. I like, really like it. <laughs> yeah, I like to hear that. I, I'm oddly awesome. confident for a lot of those reasons. Todd and I have discussed a lot of the past couple weeks, but we just feel like – Signetti's approach is the right one for this particular team. Um, like you said, keeping everything in check, kind of approaching very business like. Uh, I don't know, I just I got a really good feeling. I, I think they're really primed and ready, I think they're hungry. Um, we'll see. North Dakota State is a great team, obviously, but I was much more worried going in 2017 than I am going into the Saturdays game.
2: Yeah, I'm well, I mean. We were favored in 2017,
0: right? Uh, yeah.
1: So, yeah, yeah it was I mean, weird we in 2017, right? Because right,
0: I I don't remember the records or the obviously JMU had beaten them the year before and basically stayed at number one all year. Um, well, we had
2: 26 game winning streak. Yeah, right. That That's too. yeah.
0: Um, I don't. I mean, that was what was that the ECU win? I, I don't know. I, yeah. Right. So I mean, we'd had a little bit of fool's gold, I think, in with how bad ECU was that year. And the biggest thing was we were, you know, the quiet part going into 2017 that made us so nervous is we were really banged up on, especially on the O-line, um, it, you know, we were really down some players and it wasn't necessarily like the superstars that everybody wanted to talk about, Brian Shore or, or you know, whoever that was the big player, but it was a lot of important players. This year, I feel like this team has really just been handled so well throughout the year by the coaching staff. In terms of getting everyone to the finish line of sixteen game season, so yeah, yeah, Agreed. it's a lot, it's of a heck of a lot, yeah. So, well, Delvin, I, Rob, I don't know if you have anything else, but we are so grateful to you for taking the time. Um, this is a lot of fun for us. We we just sit and talk to each other. We'd be doing the same thing even if no one ever listened. Um, but it's a lot more fun <laughs> to talk to someone, uh, sort of, uh, so uh, someone of note from the JMU alumni fraternity. Yeah, so. Yeah, really. Man, this, can, is, can, this is so much fun enough. for me. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it again yeah, sometime for sure. Yeah, I, I
2: would love that. Yeah, I would love that. And 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 go Dukes. I'll, I'll see you guys. That sounds
0: prison. good. Thanks, Delvin Thanks, Have a Delvin. good night.
2: All That's right, awesome. see ya. Take care. Start
0: wearing purple. Wearing purple start wearing purple for me now all your sanity and wits they will all vanish i promise it's just a matter of time so yeah